We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. What's up, Jack? Six is the magic number, my friends. Six straight for the Nets. First time since 2015 over the Lakers tonight. A team who's been very good out west. So another impressive one for the Nets, Jack. How does it feel to be on a six-game winning streak? Man, it's almost bewildering, Nicholas. It's almost like I haven't felt this feeling for a very long time as a Nets fan. And it just seems this momentum is just right. We're riding this wave and it's taking us against these good teams, these absolute superstar players. You know, we knocked off probably one of the most popular teams in sports. You know, good to do it at home as well in the big state probably. Uh, Nets Twitter was a buzz because of the – it was essentially an event um, for not just us as Nets fans, but it was we were on the big stage. We needed to make a statement. So uh, for us to do that against the, the Lakers with LeBron James in town and everything else surrounding it, the Alonzo Ball-Delo matchup, uh, it shows how far this team has come in such a short time. Like you said, Jack, there was actually like almost somewhat pressure on the Nets. It was a big game, five-game winning streak. The Lakers are in town. There's extra media. They're on NBA TV. You're going up against LeBron James, you know, revenge game for D'Angelo Russell. And there's just a lot of pressure. And, you know, they came to play. You know, they didn't falter. They handled the situation. They closed out in the fourth quarter. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But as always, check out the buzz on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. But Jack, get us started. Nets, how did they get it done, Nicholas? How did we get it done? You know, it was a team effort. You know, a lot of guys, I think there were six guys in double figures. You know, the point guards came to play. D'Angelo had his stretches. Dinwiddie had his stretches. You know, their defense was lapsed at times, but they did pick it up in that second half. The Lakers also helped out with some turnovers on their own, just some lazy passes and just some, you know, just not fully locked in and engaged into the game. But the Nets kept the pressure on. They kept the energy on. You know, your boy Joe Harris played 38 minutes, had great energy running around the court and keeping them occupied. The Nets also did a good job handling the Lakers when they switched the small ball in the second half. You know, at first it kind of seemed like it was Lakers' advantage, but the Nets were able to kind of capitalize, get to the rim, get to the free throw line. That's something they did really well tonight, and that's kind of been a trend in the six-game winning streak. 
Yeah, the way both of these teams have similar sort of styles. The Lakers obviously like to run a little bit more in transition. How is the transition defense, Nicholas? It was hot and cold. You know, there were stretches where it was very good. I think in the second half it picked up. In that second quarter, there was lapses. You know, LeBron James is like a fast break on his own. So at certain times, if you make one mistake or one step slow, they're going to get easy buckets. So I think at times it was very good. At other times it was kind of lapsed, especially when they had like the 10 and 12-point lead. They're like, all right, you know, we don't have to fully engage right now. And I think that's like the one area of, um, you know, being devil's advocate and trying to find something wrong. I think there's certain points in the game where they can kind of push it, put the push the pedal down and kind of get on top of the team, and they don't necessarily do that, but obviously still young, and I shouldn't complain because they won six straight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the fact that we're nitpicking over such a, a win streak is shows that, you know, how well we have done. Uh, but, Nick, how was LeBron James? Who was guarding him for most of the night? I saw early in the first quarter, Ronde, did he have the assignment for most of the uh, yeah. evening? Pretty much it was Rondé the whole game, you know, good and bad. He had some nice stretches, but obviously it is LeBron. He's going to overpower you. When he was matched, when LeBron was matched against Damari Carroll or Jared Dudley, he definitely took advantage. Rondé at least made him work a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, Rondé has far more athleticism. Uh, he's starting to really find his feet, uh, feet a little bit. You know, obviously there are times where LeBron can sort of kick it out and not sort of, I, I think that, he sort of settles at times, but uh, good to see. Obviously, we got the W, and to see him play 41 minutes and uh, Kyle Kuzma play 43 minutes and Lonzo Ball 39 minutes, you know, their rotation was certainly lacking outside of Rondo, with, with Rondo out, Ingram out, and obviously uh, McGee being a late scratch. Do you think that helped us, Nicholas? Because we've talked about how much the depth for us has been a real strong point. Yeah, I think having McGee out definitely probably hurt them, especially matched up with Jared Allen early. You know, Tyson Chandler was in there and he did a solid job, but they didn't go to like a backup center. Oh, well, they did go to their backup center and they were just bad. You know, Zubak and Wagner both got abused by the backup guards. That's kind of why they went small in the second half. And just to mention the LeBron defense, when Jared Allen was in the game, he definitely had an impact on LeBron, especially getting that early block on his dunk. I think they said uh, LeBron's had about 1,800 dunks in his career and he's only been blocked nine times. And Jared Allen was one of those guys. That's a stat if I've ever heard it. I mean, you know, the I'm loving the posters that are sort of coming in the next corridor and stuff. I think that's going to have to be That's got to be the next one. Yeah, that's what I tweeted out as well. 30 years or something because, dear Lord, it was one of the highlights of the season and one of the highlights of Jared Allen's career. Blake Griffin, tick. LeBron James, tick. You know, there aren't too many you sort of need to tick off for Jared Allen. But the fact is, you know, I think what we love about Jared Allen is that he always has an impact. You know, no matter what it is, he'll always have at least one or two plays. Even when he's not putting up double-doubles, he's going to do these things, especially on the defensive end, where you know he's going to be a stalwart for us going forward. So um, how was his evening? Uh, obviously, uh, a little bit lax of sorts, but Ed Davis, you know, playing, you know, uh, uh, it seemed like, you know, the Nets were playing a, a little bit more small ball as what the minutes said. And as you mentioned as well, Nick, they were sort of matching up in that sense. Yeah, Jared Allen, you know, he got in a little foul trouble early that brought in Ed Davis, mostly in the first half. He saw some minutes in the second half. Then when they went small, Kenny I tried him on Kyle Kuzma a little bit, and I think after like a drive or two by Kuzma to the rim where he scored, he took him out, and then he elected to go small ball most of the way and match up with the Lakers, which is kind of scary in a way considering Jared Allen's kind of one of the more imp- impactful players on the Nets like you just referenced. So having trust in your, your team to go small, especially playing a guy like Jared Dudley, who probably had, you know, he came off a really good game against the Hawks, then this game against the Lakers was huge. He had 10 points in the fourth quarter, including a dagger jumper. 
Yeah, six of eight from from the field and five five rebounds, a couple of assists. He got to the steals. rim a lot too, which is not something you necessarily say about Jared Dudley, at least not for years. No, and I think that it's showing the confidence and the enjoyment that he's having within this within this team, and it's sort of seeping into you know his on court play. But Nick, obviously, the battle that we were all watching was Lonzo Ball versus D'Angelo Russell. How did it pan out? Yeah, I think D'Angelo, you know, had a really good game. Lonzo was hot from three. He had a solid game himself. I think defensively he wasn't as amazing as he's been in some of the previous matchups. But I thought D'Angelo, even when he kind of cooled off in that second half, he still had a great impact passing the ball. You know, he had 13 assists, and probably five of those passes are highlight passes. Yeah, I mean, we know how good of a passer D'Angelo Russell is, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, you better believe we've got a thread coming uh, very soon for that one. I'll be uh, analyzing that to no end. But um, overall, Nick, you know, was the uh, how Spencer did when he also 34 minutes as well, six assists, continues even when he's having sort of semi-average games. You know, it, is the chemistry between those two starting to develop in, in more positive ways? Yeah, I felt like they played a lot more minutes in the second half together. They closed the game together. And, you know, Dinwiddie was the first guy to get after D'Angelo Russell after he knocked down that big three that kind of sent the game, and it was pretty much a Nets win, and that was kind of like the ice in the veins, and Dinwiddie was there to give him the pound. You better believe it. Uh, it's it's awesome to see. And the fact that all these little things are occurring that we've sort of wanted from the team, you know, on and off the court, you know, it, the fact that it's happening so early on in the season, you know, it's it's an up and down nature being an NBA fan, let alone a Brooklyn Nets fan. But um, obviously, Rodion on courts wasn't one of his best nights, Nick, but um, was he still impactful in some certain ways? I know that there are times you just feel the energy and it doesn't even necessarily have to have an impact on the box score. Yeah, I would say this is probably one of his least impactful games. And that's not a terrible thing. He's a rookie, you know, second-round pick going against the Lakers. Like, there are scenarios where he was fine, but then there's other scenarios where, you know, he fouled, he got himself in bad position. Just learning things that will kind of come probably in the next game. I kind of expect him to bounce back against Chicago tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, the back-to-backs, you might even see a guy like Shabazz Napier out there. It'll be interesting to see how Kenny Atkinson works with the Lions, whether Alan Crabb is back or anything. But, Nick, any final thoughts before I give you an unprompted question that I'm sure that you're already ready for? Okay. uh, Yeah, you know, nothing too crazy. I think the team effort was very good overall. The energy was solid. And I think, like we mentioned, the team is building momentum. They're building confidence. Now going to the fourth quarter, they don't think they're going to blow a lead or even though the other team gets close, they think they're going to hit, hit the basket and win the game. So this team has definitely changed. We've kind of chatted about this a little bit. They've actually really benefited from that eight-game losing streak. And that's not something I expected to say. And not a lot of teams do. It takes a lot of mental toughness. And that's been in question for the Nets in the past. And I think they've really bounced back and turned that into something positive. And this streaks at six and we don't even know when it's going to end yeah and i mean we've got the the largest streak in the nba right now which is saying something um so nick what do for you has been the best win on this six game winning streak Ooh, that's a i i hate to be a guy in the moment but this almost feels like the biggest win because it had actual pressure to it you know the lakers are in town d'angelo wants to come back and beat his old team and you know the lakers are bringing more attention to the team so there's more eyes on the team everyone knows you're on the five game losing streak you're gonna choke in this big moment you're on nba tv you know i think their first national broadcast of the year and they actually step up and win and close out the game i think this is probably the biggest one i think the next one would probably be the win against toronto because they've handled philly earlier in the season so it wasn't a big deal and butler was out but the one against Toronto was pretty big too. Beating Kawhi, ending that eight-game losing streak, I thought that was big. So either the Raptors or the Lakers. What about you, Jack? Yeah, I would have said the Raptors. The Raptors had Kyle Lowry as well. They were at full strength, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I mean, Lowry had a really bad game, but they were at full strength. 
I mean, that's saying something because, you know, uh, quite recently we've seen both of those guys been in and out of the lineup. So for even, you know, if Kyle Lowry was injured or, or whatever you want to say, to beat the best team in the NBA or one of the best teams in the NBA, for me, that is probably the one. I'm still yet to watch this one, so I can't really uh, judge it fully. I got to see, you know, a bit of the first quarter. but The Lakers yes. did help out in this one a little bit too, so I will put that in there. There was a couple passes in the second half where they just literally threw it out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, but I, I also certainly acknowledge the fact that, you know, when the expectation is on, that's when you want to perform and that's when you make a, a name for yourself as a team. So to do that uh, tonight against, you know, the most watched team in the league, you know, is saying something. But uh, uh, Nick, any final thoughts before we log off this one? Always, uh, we didn't expect to, to do another buzz at such an early stage, but of course, you know, we've got to get it out for you guys. Yeah, actually, yeah, I messaged Jack earlier. I was like, you know, Jack, I'm so tired. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay up and do the post tonight. <laughs> and then I guess I was energized. I think it started with that Jared Allen block. That actually, like, got me up. I was kind of laying back a little bit, and now I was at the edge of my bed. And the next thing you know, D'Angelo hitting that big shot. I was juiced up for the rest of the night. But, Jack, one question for you. Where do you think the streak ends? Obviously, we're looking ahead. They have Chicago tomorrow, Indiana on Friday, uh, Phoenix on Sunday, and then uh, Charlotte next week on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, those are all winnable games, Nick. Um, you know, even Indiana, who have been up and down of late. Blew a game against Cleveland tonight. Yeah, exactly, as well. And Chicago, you know, they've been sporadic in, in nature in terms of how they've been playing. You know, they're going to be choking us out before we even get on the court. Jim Boylan <laughs> going to get into the locker room with us. Who knows what's going to happen there? Some wrestling sort of moves. Um, I... I don't want to be a pessimist, but I've got a feeling that there's going to be a little bit of a lull in this back-to-back against the Bulls. Um, if not, then I think the pace, because I think the pace is, we haven't matched up well against them in recent memory, and they generally have gotten the best of us. I remember, you know, some 20-point losses against the Indiana Pacers. So for me, I think it ends soon, but I don't think it takes away from how good this streak has been. And I think, you know, obviously, you know, I can, ha- I would happily eat my words if that's not the case in, you know, if we come up against get into the run and we still win against the Pacers and the Bulls heading up against Phoenix, who knows what could happen? Even though they're on a, a nice little win streak and Charlotte is certainly up and down. But if we want to keep pushing for those playoffs, then, you know, we need to keep the momentum going and just keep playing good basketball, keep doing the right habits on and off the court. Yeah, I feel like if they win tomorrow in in Chicago, I honestly think that the streak could go to 10. Yeah. I think that I think they could beat Indiana. I think they they'd have a lot of confidence. I mean, you could make the argument the Lakers are better than Indiana. I know the Lakers are a little shorthanded, but Victor Oladipo is not 100% right now. They're kind of due for a win against India. I know they got blown out earlier in the year, but last year they had a couple close games for them where they just couldn't finish it out. And then against Phoenix, I I mean, yeah, Phoenix is on a three-game winning streak, but they're still not playing amazing. They just you know beat the Knicks, and it wasn't like they put up a great performance. And Charlotte at home, and then they have Charlotte on a, back, a back-to-back. So they're going to face Charlotte in uh, Brooklyn, then Charlotte in Charlotte. So I think they'll at least get one of those games. So I think it's a possibility to really win 10 straight. That would be an amazing streak. I think the Pacers are going to be the hardest game, but I think it's a possibility. Yeah, it certainly is. And with the way that we're playing basketball right now, you know, we're incredibly hard to defend. We're playing, you know, unpredictable basketball. Because I think in the past, we probably would have mentioned the fact that, you know, the Nets, you know, what you're going to do is you're going to stop their threes and and that's it. But now you're going to stop the threes, you're going to stop the paint. Uh, I think... Coach Kenny has become a little bit more lax, uh, and uh, with in terms of guys taking the mid ranger as well, 
in that first quarter, I saw Joe Harris take a couple of mid-range. I think he's becoming just a little bit more three, a little bit more instinctual, letting his guys go out there and play. And I think the trust he has in all of his players is starting to really, really grow and grow because I think we've got the leaders out there that can sort of have the impact, you know, in terms of Damari Cowell, Ed Davis, Jared Dudley. These vets are sort of, you know, instilling the habits in us and we know what to do, the chemistry. I think that there aren't many teams in the NBA right now that have more cohesion and chemistry on and off the court than the Brooklyn Nets. You know, they really play for each other and they have this real desire and this real, you know, grit in their teeth. It is, uh, they don't, they have a real pride about them that a lot of other teams, you know, necess- no, don't necessarily have. 100% agree, Jack. And I think that's something I failed to mention. I think that's been a big factor in the winning streak and bouncing back from the eight-game losing streak. Like I said, mental toughness, you only do that as a group. And another thing is having Spencer Doty and D'Angelo Russell both playing well, it feels like, you know, oh, maybe D'Lo's having a bad game. Dinwiddie's going to step up. Oh, Dinwiddie's having a rough night. Oh, D'Angelo's going to step up. So having two guys that really can put up 20-plus a night, then when you get crab back, you have, you know, another guy who can get hot with Joe Harris. So there's just like a, di- a different couple ways where the Nets can attack you now. In the past, like you said, it was like stop the three ball and you're probably going to win yeah the dynamic is certainly changing and i think that's something that's really positive you know and i think a lot of credit goes to our players and, and also some credit obviously goes to the coaching staff including coach kenny as well but uh nick it's always a pleasure doing the buzz with you always a pleasure having the listeners tune in and subscribe um, where can they find it yeah, they can find it at iTunes, Bog Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash, U- Dash YouTube, Dash Radio. And you- <laughs> I just created a new platform. <laughs> but, uh, guys, we always appreciate the support. Feel free to give us a review. Hit us up on Twitter. You know, the J-Man at JBT, OTG Nick at OTG Basketball. We love to hear from you. And uh, hopefully the Nets are continuing the streak next time we talk. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com/safety or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.